Yanko, how was the holiday? User in your channel um, started recording. It was good. It was alright. It was just like seven, eight days, something like that, just chilling, taking it easy before the start of the new season. I just wanted uh, to get a bit of a tan, you know, Chad. For me, it's very hard. I'm very pale, so I just wanted to show that, you know, I was somewhere where the sun was shining. Did and you put I in the hours? Farmer's tan. Yeah. You got to put in the hours with it, though. Yeah, right? I did. I was, I was, I was committed. I was committed. So you were in but, Spain, right? Yeah. My man, Spain, Spanish wine is God tier. Spanish wine, Spanish food. I probably ate like a couple of pigs worth of their, uh, you know, pata negra, the prosciutto they have. It's I remember like, we'd always have the, the Iberian, the Iberian. Yes, that's the one. Iberian yes, yeah. We had that when we went to what was it called? Was it just called beef? When we were well, the place in Ukraine? Yeah, yeah, the place in Kiev. Uh, beef yeah. and wine. That's the one. Yeah, and they the, had they had that. I remember we got it like every time. It's so good. It's yeah, so it's good. good. Because they just, it's like Wagyu, right? In a sense of, well, with pigs. So they feed them like some special acorns only and they're on some special diet and whatnot. And that's why it's super succulent. I love to use that word whenever I can. Yeah, okay. there's a place in my hometown that has a uh, Iberian ham on the uh, on the charcuterie platter, and they they always come and give you a little chatter about like that specific ham and how it's fed. Yeah, like a specific acorn or a specific nut to like give it its uh, its nutty flavor as it melts in your mouth. And... I wish I had the appreciation for that. Type well, of stuff. All right, Jason. Yeah, yeah you like Still that? Still talking about like ham or fuck <laughs> <laughs> no? Oh dear. No, I don't have the appreciation for that. Type. I'm try I'm trying to get there. You know, I I now I'm enjoying cooking more. You know, you're at home more. You get to My do man. all these little these little things that maybe you don't normally do. But I don't have that high level appreciation. I just know that if I eat something. I just want to make sure it's not bad quality, like yeah. average to good quality. That's it. I, I only eat, you know, a couple times a day. I don't want to eat shit. Dude, I feel the same, but I feel like there's after a certain level, there's such a huge amount of bullshittery that goes on. Not so much maybe when it comes to food, but a lot when it comes to, for example, wine or maybe yeah, even sure. like scotch and things like that. Right. Like, I'm I'm similar to you, Chad. It's like, I like a good bottle of wine, but I'm not gonna sit there and pretend and like even you know that I care. Oh, can you can you smell like the ambrosia after the first three seconds? It's like, nah, man, I smell wine. <laughs> you know, like can you taste the this aftertaste or that? It's like no, but I can differentiate good wine from bad wine, and I drink the good ones and. That's it. That, that's, where doing, it, that's where it stops for me. You know when they bring the bottle out, right? Like I the other night, well, th this was two weeks ago now. So my parents came over to Malta. You know, it was a good time. Spent a whole whole week with them. They they got to meet my girlfriend, all that kind of fun stuff, and took them around and did more touristy shit than I was used to. But my mom had one request, only one request. It was her birthday while she was here, and she wanted to have seafood. So I took her out to a, to a seafood restaurant uh, and she ordered some wine. And, you know, they bring it out and, and the, the bloke hands me the glass and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to actively pose here, you know, I'm doing the thing yeah. and whatever, but I'm, I'm telling everybody, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So everyone can have a bit of a laugh about it, but that's that, like, there's that expectation. I'm like, I don't know. Am I just making sure it doesn't well, taste like I, cork? Is that it? Yes. Yeah. You're supposed to make sure there's no like cork that's degraded into it and that the wine didn't go bad. Like, I'm so such an uncouth like, yeah. fucking, yeah, yeah. Bogan. I think oh, if I did that like 300 times or 500 times, it maybe happened once where I was like, well, actually, can you check this? It might have gone bad. And he confirmed it. And that was it. Like, usually it's just, you know, yeah. going through the motions. 
I do feel like a, a real asshole being that guy to check the one while everyone just stares at you and waits and waits for your determination. A lot of pressure on one person. Yeah, and it really. Yeah, like, you're not really good with that, are you? <laughs> it's one of those acquired tastes as well. You know, you get into wine a little bit later in life. It's not. It's well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's probably a cultural thing in Australia. Wine's always what the the parents would drink, right? You'd always be on something. Are we doing an alcohol podcast now? New like, Zealand's what? got a New Zealand's got some good white wines, Chad. You can't go wrong with the. New yeah, Zealand white wine. we we do have. Yeah, but well, Australia as well, Jason. Now, don't exclude us. You're going to upset me there. You can't. You can't just th- don't forget. You know, it's, we've it's got from a couple your, of nice it's places. From your, part of the world you know it is that's true that you i'm gonna have a little bit of a, a throwback for everybody here gratisfaction was in the server today we we're talking about Ooh. new zealand okay. they were playing uh him and azza were playing with encore encore for those of you who care which is probably about six of our listeners here uh was an old like organization ish pseudo organization type thing back in the 1.6 days that uh apoc was involved in and and they rebranded as that. Then APOC went coach. Azar and uh, Azar and Gratisfaction stood in, played with Savage, Hazza, and Sterling. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't qualify for the RMR, but they were playing today. And it was it's kind of interesting, you know, having those boys in the server again for at least home Counter-Strike was somewhat curious. I imagine most people aren't too interested Azza, in that. Azza dropped 102 kills in a best of three series. Yeah, and they hadn't played an official since, uh, what was it, like... October last year when they're in the extreme mum. Nice. Is so, is James yeah. Savage the brother of Justin Savage? Uh no, he's not. Okay. This is he is the son of Ben Savage, who who was all the rage a couple of well, it was last Pro League season, it's wasn't ben it? Ben the coach. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Talk to him in Dallas. Like dad. Yeah. I, yeah, I know who I got it. I know who he is. All right, man. I just know. just just make sure. <laughs> I, I, he was it was one of the best storylines we had for that pro league season, though. Really, it's a rough it, pro league that it, season, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, tells well, you about the season. Yeah, it does. Look, look uh, about all the seasons. I think that there's there's a lot of value to be had with it. We just got to make sure uh, you know it, it it lines up a little bit. And I'm looking at some of the groups now. And I'm thinking there's a couple of names here which I'm interested in seeing that we haven't seen in Blast, which is on right now, right? Cloud9, Ants, Fury, Mouse, Fnatic. Yeah, and then there's some names which which not so much. So I don't know. This I was going to kind of leave this for us to talk to towards my, more the tail end, but fuck it, we're here now. We can, we can, we can. Yeah? There, okay. There's, there's more pressing uh, topics. Chad. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, I, we just, I wanted to, the, I, one of the early ones, I suppose, was uh just watching the high level counter-strike again it's been nice just to have it back on right and the the appreciation for these players and and what they're doing back on the screen because i know people talk about oversaturation all of that but there's clearly a want for it right people wouldn't be tuning in whether it's fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever it is to watch these games to watch these matches people seem to still be tuning in no matter what so it's good to be back from the break with blast even though the format is um the format is interesting. Wanting a little bit. But the yeah. format is fucking dog. Like, listen, I'll be the, the the first to say it's like I'm also not a fan. You know, I hate round robin. I I said that before as well. But this is even worse in a sense of there's a whole phase where nothing matters really that much. Like this whole seeding phase, it's like only if you're the top seed, you only need to win one best of three. Yeah. Right. And if you're the bottom seed, you're not allowed to lose a single best of three and you're out really in the first game right in, in the first game that you play but if you win the first game as the last seed then again you're allowed to lose one more game and you still have a chance to qualify it's like 
I know everyone who's working the event, like we all know this as talent. It's like, you, of course, you're trying to, you know, make it look good and uh, hype up the games as much as you can without being too fake about it, right? I mean, that's, you know, how you do yeah. a good job in a sense. But you're really making, you know, especially the desk's life hard by making a format like this. It's like everyone knows that, you know, how can you talk up a game? And I tweeted something like this the other week. It's like, oh, my God, you know, someone beat FaZe, or I don't remember, or whoever. You know, Navi, you know, G2 Navi have to play in, like, an elimination game or FaZe Navi. It's like, oh, wait, it's not an elimination game. Whichever team loses, nothing really matters. That happened to Navi last season. They were last in the in the first part. Then they qualified for the finals, and they won the tournament in the end at the finals, right? So I think the event, like, it's really hard as a viewer to get excited about the game where there's really not much on the line. And every time you have a format when there's a match happening and there's not, that's a problem with round robin, right? After a team is mathematically out or not even fully mathematically, but realistically, you know, a hundred different scenarios need to come together for them to go through. It's a massive long shot. You know, it's really hard to, for, for that team to, you know, try super hard and also for viewers to get excited about it, right? Like it, it just doesn't make as much sense. That's why some other formats are more popular. So I feel like I thought initially when Blast did it the, the first time around, I thought someone even said that and maybe I just got baited. But, you know, there were so many changes and they switched up the format because, you know, it could be more games and, and, and these new rosters had more opportunities to play and, and figure stuff out, right? And I could kind of like understand that you know, by some really like mental gymnastics. But if this is the actual format going forward, it's it's not good. Like you need to figure something else out. You know, they probably need more metrics, right? Or, or, or you know, they want to have more As... content simply, but you need to find a, a different format to, to, to get that, I feel like. I was going to say to like levy some defense, not necessarily of the format, but you never know if like on the business end of the thing, if like contractually they're obligated, not just sold, but like also, you know, with, especially with partner teams, with teams being like part of the blast partner team and like the Louvre agreements, I'm sure there's some clauses of like how much time these teams and brands need to be on screen, on on camera. Yep. And things like that. The the sponsors. Yeah. So you never know like what kind of like weird contractual thing locks them into staying away from a certain format or creating creating a format that has enough time for them. I was trying to think though, like with, with a a lot of these things in mind, right? Because I, I agree. I I don't particularly initially, I, I feel where I found it in my head was I like this because there's new rosters and I get to see them play in something which isn't, you know, hugely cutthroat initially. So it's kind of like some friendlies, you know what I mean? And yeah. and if I frame it in my head that way, I'm okay with it. But I don't know. It's just that's the thing. I don't think that's how it's framed in the heads of most, right? I think it gets sold differently. It gets sold because like the, there needs to be the excitement level, which is cool. Uh, but it's 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 hard to to find that. But the game today, for example, the actual Counter Strike. I'm watching this Astralis versus Phase game, and it's a fun game. Yeah, a like those clutches are fucking yeah. sick. Like it's a fun game of CS. So. Looking at the broader picture, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, is it a competitive format? Well, not really, but the game's still entertaining me. So it's it's like, oh, I don't, I hate to maybe throw this label because there's ramifications in the broader Counter Strike landscape, but it, it's there like an exhibition <laughs> match of exciting names that we like, 
right? Like, but if we're happy to accept that, right, we don't frame it that way. We don't come out and say like, this is our franchise league. You're going to see all your favorite names here and they're going to play and it's going to be exciting. But really that's what this is. This is like 12 partner teams competing for six spots at their arena final, right? Which leaves only two other spots for potential, again, partner teams to qualify or somebody who comes through the gauntlet of qualifiers that are available, right? The, the, it, this this little group stage right here is just the partner teams playing. So I like the names that are in it and this exciting CS. I think I just have to get okay with that. I don't know. It's I'm I'm arguing with myself right now. You know what? You know what another problem is, Chad? It's like seeding group stages for seeding are fine, but then there has to be a lot on the line in the next phase. For example, TI, the most famous tournament that uses group stage round robin for seeding the the only the bottom two teams are out like the 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 last team in each group right so two teams total there's two groups are out and the rest are put in upper lower bracket but because that tournament is so massive and even like if you're you know in, in the ninth spot instead of the 11th spot you get like half a million more right like the, there's a lot more on the line so those games even though they're seeding you know, you're trying really hard to win them. Mm. But here you're like, the first phase is seeding. And as long as you're not last, you still can, like, you know, lose a game and have a chance to qualify. Like, the, and the most ridiculous part, I'll tell you this, Jason probably agrees. I don't know if he played many blasts while he was on, on Liquid. But the yeah. thing you hate the most while on a team is you beating a team, especially a good team, Right. And then for whatever reason, you have to play them again and beat them again to secure your top spot. So what I mean by this is you had the, before GSL four teams, yeah, the yeah, standard yeah. one. You win your opening game. Then there's a winner's game. And you win that and you're number one in the group. And that's it. You qualify for the next phase and whatever, right? Yeah. But in the way Blast was before, you win that game. And then for whatever reason, well, not whatever reason, the reason is there needs to be one more game in their schedule because they have time for it yeah then you have to play the winner of the decider game and that's for the number one spot in the group which is like ridiculous you know like imagine a team right now it's a best and... of two right it's not a best yeah. of like it could go one one in terms of who beat but, each other in the series Base yeah. and avi are the best in the world right so imagine you're like a heroic or a g2 or vitality whoever right and you beat an opening team and then you play Navi in like the winner's game and you beat them, right? And it's fucking hard to beat Navi nowadays in phase, right? And you're like feeling great to beat them. You know, that's not going to happen every time. But then, you know, they go back to the decider game, they beat whoever is in there and now you have to play them again, right? You're like, what the fuck is this? That's going to happen tonight with G2 and Vitality. Vitality beat yeah, G2, yeah. lost to Navi and now they have to play them again. It's hard to be the same team in the same tournament twice. Yeah. Right? Like the, the, there's mind well, games that come to the specific matchup and all. so that's like very frustrating for people on the team. The format can be, you know, very annoying sometimes to deal with. And it's also if if G2 beats Vitality tonight then they get a spot in the arena despite the teams going 1-1. One, one yeah, exactly, well, right? And you're like is, why? The worst part of it. Why are we getting punished for this? And yeah, of like, course, why, why do I win the game that doesn't matter? Yeah. You know? Like on the on the other side of things that the players love this format, why? Because they can like lose 7 times and still have a chance to qualify. Like anytime <laughs> you discuss formats with teams, they're going to vote for the format that gives them the most chances to fuck up and still be in it. That's why we switched a long time ago to everything being double elimination. Like, you know, the ESL tournaments, the, the cup ones uh, outside of Pro League, it's like, 
you know, everyone starts in the upper bracket and then you can lose the game and then you go into the lower bracket. At that point, you have no second chances, but, you know, you're allowed one fuck up, well, which uh, maybe is reasonable, but, you know, you should be allowed to fuck up three times and somehow still make it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this, right? So like if we, if, if we have the mindset that I was saying where we accept that this, we all know these are just the partner teams. Like it's, it's right now, I'm not saying it's a secret. I think like anybody who has decent enough knowledge of the Counter-Strike scene knows that these are just partner teams, right? But it's not, I don't, I don't, I guess they don't have to advertise it, right? That's, that does, doesn't have to be part of it here for the, for the broader base. But with that in mind, knowing that 50% of the field then qualify for their next land final, like their arena final, what would be like an entertaining but maybe more competitive format? Because I'm trying to think, when 50% of the field's going through, the thing that I want to see is more of um, more of different configurations. Like I want to see Na'Vi get tested by quite a broad field, for example, right? Like if the game's if the games are just going to be like this anywhere, where even if you lose one or two matches, there's still a chance you could come first in that and still qualify for the arena in the same place, then what's another way we could do that where maybe it's easier to understand and we get a, even a broader range of teams playing against different teams just to see how they get tested? Because that feels like the compromise that we're making here, right? Like, And like this is me, instead of me you know, tweeting, why didn't they scramble the teams on Twitter? thinking how can we come up with a solution of a format which maybe could be interesting and i've well, only just started having this thought now so i i'm not very equipped to to no, go the, so if anyone has yeah, any ideas well, the, the the problem is they have a they have a format with 12 teams but that's yeah, a bad an, number an to run a tournament here, yeah. right like so what, what they should probably do is make it a 16 team tournament okay maybe they can't add four more partner teams but then at make four, it the like best four teams, four, best four teams from, that from are not the there rankings. from their make ranking. They even, yeah, they even have, right? Yeah. And then put those four teams in there and make it four groups out of four. And then automatically, you know, a 16-team tournament is the, the go-to format. Right nowadays, there's, there's plenty of different normal, quote-unquote, ways to run that tournament. And that's fine. And, you know, I was going to say also, you said, you said, Chad, like half of the teams qualify immediately and the other half of directly in the showdown, which is also hard for non-partner teams to get to the showdown yeah. in a way, right? So I was thinking maybe saying, you know, maybe they should, shouldn't get to the showdown, but like to the close qualifier, but then there's way less value for them to be partner teams and to pay for that slot. So that's understandable that they get to go to the... But to the showdown. If out of, if out of a field of, of 16, let's say we do what you just said there, Yanko, and say we invite, because this actually should work in their favor. If they actively get to pick the four best teams in the world, right? Or the four teams, even who they think are the most entertaining or who we think are contenders for the community, right? We It can be spoken about in that manner. It's like Blast have selected these contenders to jump in the ring with our partner teams to fucking go toe to toe right like you still have six slots you've invited four teams if you lose all four of those slots to those teams then okay fuck maybe that says something about the quality of teams that you have as partner teams right yeah like you're actually putting a bit of a test of these are the teams that we have representing us going up against the best other teams in the world it could be shaped as a interesting narrative but it's a bit more like ufc wwe type shit than it is how we traditionally do counter-strike i guess yeah, yeah i don't know what do you think, I, Jason? I think it's a cool idea. I always, with these kinds of conversations, I always kind of get stuck thinking about it. And I guess, I don't know when I started thinking about it with this with this in mind, but, you know, you got to think too, if you add four teams and make it a 16-team tournament, like how much, 
how much money does it cost to get four four extra teams here? Like, do you is yeah. that something that is that really going to increase the value enough to warrant spending? You know, four teams is well. I will four, say though, just to cut you off, that yeah. they had they had players wait for eight days between their opening best of one group stage matches and then the, potentially the next match they play. Right, if you were the team who won yeah. on the first day and came first, you didn't play again until Saturday, I believe it was. So you played yeah, on Friday and then you didn't play for over a week. So, you know, having those teams there for that amount of time, you feel like, I, I get what you're saying. There's there's cost attached there. I, but if that's the thing, like you I, could make that argument for everything, you know, I don't know. Yep. Well, I just think I think Blast's spot in the Counter Strike ecosystem is is kind of uh, kind of weird and like you know I, I have a bigger issue with their kind of format in a in a grander sense of where like if you think back the the fall groups was played at like end of January this year mm. and the Lisbon finals didn't even happen until June like that's not even really a cohesive way to have that's not even a way to have a cohesive product you know formats aside of the individual events themselves like think of the format of you know what's supposed to be your entire fall season taking place across five months and you know from january when, when was the showdown the showdown was like two or three months two months later as well yeah showdown it was, was like uh, in may yeah so for me i'm just like i would almost rather yeah. see them to a certain sense like change the format so they're not trying to extend this product over five months and maybe one of these is just like so a standalone event. yeah, yeah. Cause like it, like the, it almost feels like there's no point to having it be a season by the time you get to the fall finals and the showdown rosters have changed. Players have departed. Like I think, the teams uh, that qualified. I think OG you know, had weird. like three new players or something yep. at that point. Right. Yep. Like, and that's, that was always the argument in counter-strike, right? This is why with the majors, you have the core three rule because a team is, is or always back in our day was, and I guess even still by Valve's eyes, is defined by the players, right? The org in these partner agreements of Blast and ESL own spots. They could field whoever they want. That's why EG is doing this experiment they're doing with so many players, right? Yep. So that's that's a um, that's a shift of of the way companies think about Counter Strike, right? Like it used to, like the core three could dictate everything. Like three players, if they were they had a strong relationship within a team. They're the ones who could like dictate, you know, which players were getting traded in and out. And, um, you know, that's a, that's an interesting dynamic that we don't have anymore, but, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that point. <laughs> where did that it's one go? Those are the best ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And it's not even necessarily blast fault for it too. Right. It's, this is, this is where you then get into the other intersecting, issue in the counter-strike scheme of, of scene of not even really oversaturation but just the well i mean i guess it is but just the schedule being so packed that there's not even room to maneuver yeah um, and and even even when you look at it right now again not blast fault in any way but it's i almost find it kind of insane that we have this kind of a big tournament going on while the rmr qualifiers are going on like we should be yeah that's we yeah. should be we should be paying attention to the rmr qualifiers and even though they're not necessarily all of the sexiest matches like that's that's this is like the opportunity for like a wide community engagement of all the different creators i all think the it was streamers. though i think i i think it was like i get what you're saying there could be more focus if everybody was could, if we just just had that but there feels like there's been a bunch right like smooya had 15,000 people watching his personal stream last night when yeah. he was uh he was playing against tag 
and they made it into like OT on Inferno, I think it was. And was were, were the benched heroes going to get past these guys and get a chance to try and play? And then they made it into the the best of three stage that they lost and they get another shot today. And like there's a there's a bit of a following around it now. Like people are people yeah. are watching. But uh I I don't yeah, know. And, it's uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know either. It's just it just feels it feels strange to me at times that like that 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 part of like the major quality like I don't know. I, I am I guess I'm a little bit more like traditionalist in the sense that I think, you know, if we're gonna have this major that's a world championship, like we should be focused on all aspects of it to a certain extent, you know? Yeah, this is so I played in uh, the last one, right? Me, Harry, Hugo, uh, Dinko, and Rush. We signed up, right? And we were just like, Fuck it, let's just let's just play." So we we uh, we won our first game on Ancient. We luckily got Ancient, and we we <laughs> one of our one of our go to maps. So we were able to pick that up. But then we got uh, paired up against a Ukrainian team called Shade. I think it was after that on Vertigo. And they just fucking destroyed us. I think we got like yeah. sixteen forward or something, right? And they, I, I, so that was like okay. So now I've just seen the process of signing up for this. I've seen the process of you know they greenlight your accounts once so you're signed up, so that you can use the anti cheat, which is great, right? They're, they're, this this is something which I guess goes untalked of is ESL or ESCA like have this client same face. I guess face it have to do the same thing, and then these major qualifiers which are open to literally any person in the entire world to play, they make sure that they have free anti-cheat access to play Valve's fucking game, right? It's kind of crazy to think about. So they greenlight all the accounts for that. You have to check in an hour before the match. Then in that hour period, because there's so many teams, they're kind of a light seeding that gets done, I believe. And then they put all the teams in this big fuck-off bracket. And then all the IPs start getting pumped out. And you get a notification in the client. You join the server. You do the veto in the server. Really simple, right? It's using the Valve veto rules. Bang, bang, bang. Bob's your uncle. You're in. And you and you play your game, and then you know it automatic. It's not like the old days. Remember how you used to, you used to take screenshots at half, and you had to submit yeah. it to the fucking yeah. admins and shit. Had to upload yeah. it on the ESL's website. Yeah, and we're talking like there was a bracket of a thousand and twenty-four or whatever the fuck it is teams, right? Like on the fourth qualifier of just consecutive, just two weeks of nonstop, and we jump in as a bunch of fucking clowns who just play matchmaking at best, and just you know are in the the qualifier for the best teams. This team that we lost to Shade went on to play against Movistar Riders on Overpass, I think one or two rounds after us. And uh, like, I think pushed them in a, in a game on Overpass, like close against a team that's notable that people know. I, I got a question off that as well. Maybe taking it actually probably definitely taking it in a, in a different direction. But you know, the, the let's just go based off like the rumor, the reports that came out a while ago that said Perfect World and Blast are going to be like the, the candidates to host a major next year. Mm. Um, with this kind of attention on these qualifiers, and as you said, like a thousand team bracket, how what who has the infrastructure outside of ESL to actually run these qualifiers properly? I think they have to hire. Right, this is the thing. Like, it, but Valve yeah, but, don't require uh, you to have yeah. an anti cheat. Oh, do you mean that like that they don't have to go through? I think yeah, everybody has to has to go through one of them, right? Like, yeah, that's what I would imagine. But like, why would like if you're? Let's, I mean, again, it, for instance, if you're Blast, you're essentially hiring your competitors. Do they use Face though, right, Yanko? What? Sorry. Did Did Blast use Face it when you did online stuff for him? I believe so. Yeah, but that was before the buyout, right? 
Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess post that is, is so a that's kind of world. like a yeah. Yeah, it's a weird scenario, isn't it? And I and I guess that that's that. I know. I know. Like the the relationship between those two companies is is getting better. That's pretty good, not, I would think. Not yeah, not nearly as competitive as like the relationship between ESL and Face It was back in the day. Um, but you know, that's still kind of a weird situation to be in because let's if you didn't want to use your competitor's product is like i don't even know where you'd go to be like hey we're gonna have a thousand teams per qualifier sign up just in europe yeah and i think brazil had 400 and some or something like that didn't they like alone and na probably had a couple hundred so i mean this is that's a lot of uh, a lot of infrastructure necessary to pull something like this off yeah I, I i don't think it's an easy undertaking by any means and and that's maybe one of the things that goes a little bit underlooked is just how people expect these things to run like buttery smooth there's certain yeah. things that happen like for example, overlooking the servers, like the the there was that Reddit yeah. interaction the where they said based on one of their qualifiers instead of the previous majors signups, right? So that's that yeah. run right there is is a blunder as far as I'm concerned. But other things, right? Like if the website gets, I don't know, DDoSed or if Valve have a fucking update, right? There, there never really seems to be too much compassion uh, in those in those situations, right? Because things are just kind of expected to run. Um, and I think everybody just kind of has this air, especially with ESL. And I suppose now that is going to be the ESL face it group, uh, right. Is, is the situation that this, this company is held to a different standard than everybody else. Cause I still see people putting comments in threads when something goes wrong with an ESL event. It's like, Oh, this company just got $1.5 billion. It's like, no, this company did not just get $1.5 billion. The two companies combined were purchased for, and that money goes to, you know, the, the people yeah. who own them, which, for example, for ESL was was MTG. So it was MTG who got a billion dollars for that buyout, right? So I think a lot of people conflate the two um, and think that there's $1.5 billion running through. The On ESL's bank account now events. to run an event. Yeah, yeah it, exactly, right? And and that's, th that is obviously to do with the, the audience we have, which is fair enough. Like, people like talking shit. <laughs> that's just kind of the way it is. We're um, not like that, though. Well, we're not like that. <laughs> yeah, of course not. No, I, I don't know. We, I, we have a yeah. We all we all had some spice on Twitter. This we're, week. we're not we're, yeah. we're we're not like that. Speaking of which, mouse ports. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. You didn't so, like this yeah. one, Yanko? Bro, I hated it because it's such a fucking pussy ass move. Because when Striker <laughs> when Striker replied to me, I felt like he was right. He said. Well, they probably made the change because the RMR, the, the qualifiers for the RMR are right after the player break. So if you were going to change a player, they probably felt okay with BMAS. We had a good result in Cologne as well. Let's just stick with this, at least for the first couple of RMRs and see like how it goes. We have everything set. And then if we qualify, then we're going to make the change, right? We're not playing in Blast. We have the Pro League group. Let me check which group they're in. They're in the third group, so they have like nice you know two or two two weeks at the very least, three weeks probably before they need to play that, and then maybe they make the playoffs, maybe not. The RMRs are again, let's say they don't make the playoffs. The RMRs are an extra two or three weeks after they're done, so plenty of time to 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 you know uh, get warmed up with their new player and whatnot. The thing is though, you have a guy who's been you know committed to you been playing been trying his best you can have different opinions on how he's played he hasn't blown anyone away but i also don't think he's been dog shit obviously 
only the the people on the team know what his assignments were how exactly he's supposed to, to execute his role maybe his communication wasn't up to par i i can understand all that that you want to change him right but then you fuck him out of a chance to i think he's definitely good enough to play for a different team that's going to be at the rmr right yeah. like you know he he could be an upgrade for someone else or whatnot right and then you fuck him out of that just so that you can make your life a little bit easier and because and that also tells you how much they believe in the new player if he's so fucking sick why didn't you just make the switch immediately and then you're still supposed to make the rmr right like why is there doubt when it comes to that maybe if you made that change you would have needed to come a week earlier from your vacation and uh you know spend extra time getting warmed up with him teaching him like some of the the changes that you've been making in the style or, or, or make him used to that different style. But, you know, it's been a long season. Everyone would like to have some time off Dexter to go see his wife and children right back home <laughs> and so on. So, and, so I hate and, and, and I understand like uh, Mithar, he replied to me and said, you know, it's a business. It's a result. Yes, I understand that. But at least for me, in my book, it matters how you do things. If I was a young player and I get called up by Mouse and I have different offers, I would look at Mao's last because they tell you they don't care if there's someone who they think is better. And also their fucking coach is like everyone who was on my academy team. They're the best player to ever play the game, apparently, because he just keeps bringing those guys in. Right. Like Bemis is a fucking young player. Like, you know, like it's not like you're changing MBK for a young guy. You're making the team younger and whatnot. Like you're changing a young guy for a young guy. Like, you know, the, these these players need time to develop and sure maybe they feel he's has much higher potential and whatnot but you know i think how you do things matters and i i, I just think it was not handled in a good way yeah, yeah not that they had reputation. a lot not that they had a big reputation to begin with but yeah. Still. yeah i i can see it from the angle like of you know not wanting to completely fuck these kids over right i i, I definitely see see it from the angle like in terms of the in-game stuff i i'm not gonna you know you you have a lot more experience with Bemis than I do. I, I but it's only been a couple of times I've watched him. I've been like blown away, right? I definitely has had potential. I just and it's, I don't know what this new guy has either. You, but the thing you're talking about in terms of the timing and and whatnot, it yeah, some of that doesn't sit well. You're cutting also, someone out of the picture here. It's also weird how like uh, like this rule just like actually just kind of ruins players over over you know like ruins Bamas's chance when every other rule seems geared towards that Valve has made for the majors seems geared towards protecting the players and then this one has kind of like slipped by the net like slipped yeah. slipped through the net to a certain I, extent. But how do you enforce that right? Like that that's where we're yeah. talking about the core three stuff right? And if you have the core three still, then you you're going to be able to control that spot and uh, and what happens with it which is uh, unfortunately the way the cookie crumbles it's th there's a lot of stuff out there which is a little bit prickly and not not well, quite certain how to deal with it i got i got one for you too because i had a little spice on twitter as well this week woke up in the oh in i did want to ask a question about that so you okay take ask, it away. Ask, your, ask your question ask your question because i well, have a little bit more of like a, a game okay i well i didn't know if you wanted to get into like the particulars of it so i was i was going to assume that may, maybe you didn't and i was going to ask this more broader one right because do you think, and this is based off what I said before about how, I don't know if you, I'm not going to put words in you two boys' mouths, but I hold ESL to like a higher standard than all the other TOs, right? And I think yep. that's just because I expect them, I don't know, I, 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 just, I just hold them to a higher standard. Um, 
that that maybe that's why they they got a bit lit up for this whereas for example that wasn't the case with the with the last two majors right like I th- obviously different circumstances around around all of these things but like do, do you think that like the last pgl major all of the stuff was in romania right in that hotel for all over the world so esl had it one in oceania they got one in europe and then obviously the Americas was in Stockholm. Do you think that, that it was maybe more circumstance or COVID was still a bit more of a concern then? Um, because that's, that's a question that I've seen people, you know, floating around. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was, there was some like the extent to some visa issues. I didn't know, like, I know like a, a coach of the Argentinian team replied to me and mentioned in Argentina, you can't even apply for a U.S. visa in any way, but I well, mean, you weren't specifically could, saying, no, it, it could have been any, yeah, it could have been anywhere in the Americas. I think my, my problem was like, when did we knew, we knew the week of the RMR, like in January, like we, I don't we didn't have like official confirmation on dates, but that was like kind of the date, the week that was blocked off. Like, I think we do by like January or February, which, which makes me feel like if you had, if ESL had to have known like late last year at, at like the latest of when, of when this was for us to have found that information out in January, they would have had to known by like October, November. So it's almost like a full year that you have time to kind of plan and organize all this stuff. And I mean, if I had to hazard a guess, I would imagine, I mean, they have a busy schedule in Counter-Strike. They do a lot of other work as well in other games. And I have to imagine it it was just kind of something that that kind of got overlooked. And by the time they were able to really, yeah, yeah, by the time they're able to actually tackle the issue, yeah, their their only option probably was Stockholm, you know, because they just didn't have, didn't have the foresight to kind of get started down that path to make sure it was, it was all good. Um, which they which are is really shame, but, busy. We, we know, yeah. like, we can attest yeah. to that fact, you know, when we yeah, try. But that's and... just like a, that, that's not an excuse. <laughs> That's just no, but yeah, but people like, not I can doing see the a human good beings, enough you know? job. Yeah. yeah, I can too. I mean, I feel bad for Sean having to go out and apologize. Like, you know, yeah. I like Sean as a guy, but you know, the, the 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 matter of fact is that it's like it shouldn't have happened. And whoever was, you know, whoever's responsibility it was to get the ball rolling on that on time, maybe they didn't do it, or maybe they did, but they didn't follow up and check up on the people who should have taken the next steps. You know, we I don't know the. The details or whatnot but i'm with jason on that one it feels like a lot of things just happen and then in the end it's like well there wasn't really enough time for this we ran into some that should have been like foreseeable complications right and almost any problem can be tracked back down to well we didn't get really this started in time and and then when we ran into some roadblocks there wasn't enough time to do it so we just switched it to you know something yeah. that was it, it's like feasible. we ran into problems x y and z except x y and z were problems of your own making so like the, you know it's hard to have like sympathy because i just I, that's just how i i, I believe it was played on i think sean kind of confirmed that with with his message with his with his message that he put out which uh yeah but actually i mean honestly too like a large chunk of this as well wasn't just specifically about this one major qualifier i think at the heart of all that was um, I was cranky that day to begin with, but I had also earlier that week, I had had like two separate calls. Um, and this is, this is kind of what I wanted to get into with you guys. Yeah. I'd had two separate calls with like organizations in North America that were like, that, that are, that have interest in getting into counter-strike, um, and have been trying to kind of like pinpoint a good time. Do they want to get a European team? Do they want to get a North American team? Do they want to get a Brazilian team? Like, you know, whatever team they want to go to. Um, and I, I know just having those conversations, it's super difficult at the moment to 
sell an organization to invest in North American players and teams in the region because there's not a whole lot of value there to get out of Counter-Strike at the moment. And at like the crux of the issue, I think, of my tweet was was mostly just like being frustrated because, you know, it's just one more event that should be in the region that is now not in the region. And that's just more value taking away. Like what, what I wanted to get in with you guys was like a thought exercise. Like if, you, if you're like, imagine I'm an owner, imagine I'm like a, an organization owner that wants to get into Counter-Strike Esports and I want to get into North America, like sell me on it. Like what's, where's the value in investing in the North American scene? Cause this is the heart of the issue in NA right now is that there's literally no value to any of it. Yeah, like, and we well, we as a community need to find a way to bring that value back. And I don't know what a good argument is to make to say like all you've got is really you're buying low. You know, it's cheap. Yes. And <laughs> if this scene about, like you know if it comes up in two or three years, then you're going to be in a good place. It it might be a different angle what I'm about to ask you here, but like how many how many good Counter Strike teams should North America have? Uh. I, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean is, should the answer be as many as possible? I mean, when you, I mean, it depends on how you want to compare it, I guess, right? Because I mean, it's a huge country, so in theory, we, I mean, we could have, we could have well more than two. I mean, I guess the comparable answer answer would be like, how many should Europe have? Yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's obviously got to do with the amount of numbers that play the game. Yeah. So that that's that's going to determine how many good players are available in North America. So to th this is where I like fall to the fact that it kind of at the crux of all of this does fall on valve having a game that is enticing to the market of gamers in north america right that that because there's a lot of people who play video games in north america if we have a larger sample size of players then we have more reason to have that money involved and more likely to have more good north american teams because i think we all felt when we had NRG that went to EG and they were looking hot to trot with that New York win, Liquid was sick, right? It was like, holy shit. Like we, and you had the best of the rest living in North America, right? Like the 100 Thieves guys, the Australian representatives were living. This is when it was flourishing at, at its best, the SKs, the MIBRs, et cetera, living up in North America. It feels like it's simmered back. A lot of the Brazilian teams are able to live and play from Brazil, Brazil now. And that's, I think, what... Valorant has taken a little bit of the shine there, but it's not just Valorant. It's it's got to be you know making Counter Strike more enticing somehow. Well, I, I this is from 2021, and and Leadify tweeted this out. Um, for seven million matchmaking players, Russia has 11.6 percent, and the USA has 10.6 percent. So it's it's a large amount of players. We're just one funneling two. them in the wrong wrong areas. Well, so so I yeah, like I kind of thought of like when I think of the NA scene uh like this is how like people want to like uh, prescribe like the death or i guess the 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 black hole that na is in due to like COVID and due to valorant and i think that's kind of like a really shallow way to look at it i think there's a lot of impact in terms of um you know esca used to always be the heart and soul of of, of north american counter-strike that was bought do, by esl in, do you have and a national championship like what's that do, like just in in North America, this just hit me. You guys don't have like a North American like national no. championship. No, 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 but that that's another part of the problem. But I'll, let me get to that. Like the ESCA used to be the heart and soul. Got bought, kind of slowly, just lost its its status and lost its position and lost its like uh, it being a core part of the community. Um, and then kind of after that, we always used to have pro league. Used to be regional. They all, that was obviously taken away, made into one global league. So then we stopped having pro leagues in North America. Blast pulled out of North America during COVID. 
Um, but you know, you have so many different elements over the years. And now too, like, if you think about it this way as well, complexity, EG and, uh, liquid are all partner teams of blast and ESL. So their schedule mm. is just, is just completely packed with European events when they, when they have to go travel there. So even if you host in North America, uh Oh, Oh, that that's me? Jason. No, okay. it's Jason. Well, no, he's look. He's doing it. He, he's doing these more guerrilla style uh, podcasts. User lately. in your channel. Time he's, down. Uh, he's gone to different venues. He's in different hotel but rooms. I'm dragging him. He, in all user was moved okay. to your channel. Uh, Jason, have you have you returned to the land of the living, my friend? I think so. Where'd I where'd I get cut off? Uh, that's a great question. It it, it kind of was a pause. No, I wasn't really listening. Is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking oh, about yeah. the ESCA being the heart of North America. And the, yeah, uh, and then the fact that Complexity uh, and Co have such okay. busy schedules because they're partner teams. Yeah, so like if you throw an event in NA, you can't even get like the NA brands there. You can't even get like the NA players to like tune in. Like Fragadelphia has, I mentioned this on like one of the other podcasts, they have like a whole like six event circuit, but they don't get any teams that have any draw because they're all off competing in, in Europe all the time. So, I mean, it's really hard right now to find a way to bring that that value back. And um yeah, I, like well, I don't even, I don't even know where to get door. started. Yeah, because they're already yeah. in the door. The fact that they're already involved in the big boy party is the issue, right? Yep. Because in Australia, right, I think when you have to qualify for these things, you have to qualify through a qualifier of your peers in the country. You have to get through yeah. the local competition to get there. Whereas because these guys already get invited, that's taking the quality players away. That information is not going to be able to get passed down against all the other opponents who are there. Uh, yeah, look, there's definitely been a lot of things as well in North America that have set it back over the years, right? But the this solution, right? What 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 is the solution to this? Because the the solution can't be well. Let's just have liquid complexity and eg not comp compete overseas yeah. as frequently. Like and or and the thing is as well. Does that mean okay? Do we have more events in North America? Well, it's more expensive to do things in North America in a lot of places. So there's there's a lot of hurdles. Yeah, I mean, the realistic solution is is just straight up like North America to a certain extent. And I mean, this is how it should be in my mind is going to have to take the brunt of the responsibility and we'll have to regrow our grassroots scenes. Um, but there's certainly things I think that can be done to to help kind of speed up that process. You know, like, I, you know, I do think that we should. Well, this is impossible now as well due to the due to the Malta contract. But I do think that we should have one of the two pro league seasons should be in North America. I think that could help jumpstart things and getting. I the, just think the... give you guys a national championship, mate. Don't worry about the don't worry about having the international teams there for a second. Just make sure that Liquid, Complexity, and EG are competing against the next best to show who is actually the best in North America because you will get an upset win by, well, before yeah, they got picked up. When right? are they going to do it? When well, are they going to do there, it? There's definitely time, right? I think that this is one of the things that gets a little bit like overblown is the fact that, right, like this pro league season goes for five weeks, right, with the finals being a week. Well, of the North American teams, only one of them is going to likely be in the final and the rest of them there only have to be there for a week, right? They It's a five-day group. That, that's it, right? And then they can go. They're not there the entire time. It gets through, and this is what used to happen before COVID as well. This is one of the things people forget. While Pro League was on, other events were run. We would just like have the schedule things moved around. Okay, so say a different. There's just less TOs running land events now. Remember, Starlighter would have an event on while this event was on, or there'd be a fucking DreamHack open here. That happens less now. There's less TOs running those like week long type of events, which would overlap with a, a Pro League season. They just they don't do it anymore, right? So. Uh, I don't know. I think there would be time. I don't know. I don't feel like the calendar well, feels as constricted as, as, as it's being made out to be. 
Yeah, but I think if you're if the if the idea is to run like an NA championship like overlapping pro league, then if you're the NA teams, you're kind of like committing to that on the basis of saying, "Yep, we're probably going to get knocked out, and you know, we're not going to make it to playoffs, and we'll have this time free." Well, the, you know, but that, the thing that's is, you're not going to organize be, an event. But if, if the group stage is four weeks, you only play a week. There's three other weeks around that, right? Like there's there's time for these things. The, and and okay, they I already make the schedule. They already make the schedule to help the North American teams. Right, that's why they end up in the later groups. This is this is like you take a look at the pro league groups right now. You've got EG Furia Liquid all in the last group. You're telling me we have three teams representing the North American region all in the same group just by chance, knowing that after that there's you know likelihood for them to need to be at this event or this event. That that this kind of I'm stuff trying happens. to. I'm trying to think. I know. I know that. I think I. I'm trying to remember what the schedule of like liquids, liquid schedule around like the upcoming major. Because I think they're like here for blast for these two weeks, and then they go home for like a week, and then they're, and then they do or like a week or two. And well, they're coming back a little bit before pro league to do a boot camp, and then they have the RMR, and then they go home for like two, like a week and a half, and then I'm assuming they go down to Brazil for for the major. But this so is I, where I we know, get yeah. in the weeds, Jason. This is where we get down to my like, well, if you want to play Counter Strike at the top level, then this is what it takes, right? And then I know that you're not on that side of the fence, so it's just like you and I don't bother I'm... having this chat because we both are on polar <laughs> opposite we... sides. Yeah, we butt heads a little bit on it. I, 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 I just think that you know, you, I don't think you're going to attract a lot of Counter Strike players, uh, people to play Counter Strike in North America. And I mean, anywhere except for Europe, really. I mean, I know even even Australia struggles to get more teams to these international events. And yeah, there's a certain level of dedication and sacrifice that goes into it. But I think it's a really hard sell to be like, as a North American player, you know, grind your heart out for years. And then once every once every year, once every two years, you might have a chance at one slot for all the players on the liquids, the EGs, the complexities. Um, and then you're probably going to have to be traveling 250 days out of the year. I can't. I'm going to do it, Jason. I can't. I know. We're just going to go back and forth. I can't. I can't. I'm just going to say, like, to your initial question, Jason, like, what would my sell be to anyone? Like, buy low is an obvious one, but it would also be, I think it's inevitable at some point that NA gets more events, it gets bigger. Because, you know, even an org like G2 is opening a headquarters in, in New York, I believe, right? Like, it's, it's just where it's at all the entertainment money the marketing money right most of it comes from there so you need to cater to that audience you need to show those metrics to those sponsors to get more money out of them and you know the orgs are going to be pushing for it and if they are pushing for it the organ the the, the tos have to abide right and there's already some small mechanisms in place to to help the na region right with the amount of time some of these lower teams need to be there to practice and so on and I'm sure if it's possible, a pro league uh, season is going to come back to NA. But to an owner, my biggest advice would be, even if you can't get amazing talent right now, make sure you get like a GM or a esports director, however you want to call them, for your Counter-Strike division that's going to have a plan in place, that's, that knows the way he wants to run a team starting from the coaching staff, Right to then the players and, and and try to build something more long term. It doesn't matter about your first lineup, and then there's going to be a couple of changes. But you're going to find some players that you could that you're going to be able to develop into stars, and then you're hoping that either other young players will emerge, or maybe you'll be in a position where you can buy out some veteran player from another team that's going to complete your roster. I mean, look at a team Cloud Nine now. They came up as an academy team, right? Because 
the scouting was really good. They found talented players, and then they were coached extremely well, where they were taught fundamentals, and they they they, they were a strong team from the start. Yes, they have good individuals, but their team play was always pretty good, right? And as they played more tier one counter strike, they got better and better. So that's sort of what you want to do, you know, what you want to try and do in NA. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's basically the heart of it is just kind of come in and introduce yourself to the scene and get involved. You get the in right it, people be, for that, right? Yeah. Who are the minds to do that? Is like a is like a Drenner mind to do that? Is he someone that, that one of these orgs should look to to pick up and then build like the, the up? You'd imagine like, so. I think yeah. Jason is a guy to do that, and Adren is a guy to be the coach. I think like Jason is a like a type of a guy who should be a step above. Like he maybe can't really coach a team like that himself or doesn't want to, right? But he knows how to build a good team, like the types of personalities you need, the the work ethic you want to see from players, and also like what a coach needs to have to be able to work through some of these problems and issues you're going to have. And most importantly, knows what the coach, the head coach and the coaching staff needs to be able to succeed, not just in terms of tools and like being able to hire analysts and sports psychologists and whatnot, but also in, in giving them power and authority and making sure the players know they're the bosses and their word is law right and that's yeah well it. that comes with removing like the 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 baggage right so not getting a veteran that you know has caused issues in the past and stuff or comes with these old styles of, of play you have to kind of and search out fresh and you're having less and less of them yeah here's here's kind of here's an idea and our boy fifty kind of planted this seed in my head and i've, I've been mulling over it for the past three weeks so it'd be interesting to get your guys's take on it but if you if we stop looking at like the weaknesses of NA, right? If you look at like NA versus Europe, European esports orgs obviously, uh, I think are a little bit more geared and focused towards like just like winning and championships and everything like that. And it feels like um, not all of them, but it, I know like culturally NA seems uh, in the gaming scene and esports scene are more like marketing and brand building and partners and stuff like that. What if we just said fuck it and stop trying to get like esports orgs and, and gaming orgs? into counter-strike what if we what if we shifted focus and went towards what na has done better than europe which is have these incredibly huge streamer brands like what if what if we went instead of like trying to court you know 100 thieves or you know the optics and it's in orcs like that and just went hey xqc do you want do you want an xqc counter-strike team May, name it whatever you want you get you get broadcast rights to co-stream just to your team's games hey what about what if we get like team team ninja Plenty team hell. tim the, what you know what if you what, if what if you went i know it's it seems crazy <laughs> It seems very crazy, but like I've been, you know, I've that's been, okay. like popping aneurysms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, wouldn't could could like couldn't that They'd actually be called the juices? XQC's team would be called the juices, mate. The, the... But like, what if you did that? Like, isn't couldn't that potentially be an avenue in where you're like these? You know, it's cheap, cheap salary wise in NA at the moment, and you get more eyeballs on it that are eyeballs that don't typically come from Counter Strike. You get more people watching the game that maybe can get drawn into watching the tournaments. You raise viewership overall. I'd be really interested to see if that even be a viable option. Viable Damn, idea. You guys are really having to think out the box down there. Man, we're getting I'm getting wild over here. I'm trying Jeez. to find a lot of solutions. I'm I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. Under the and I'm, and I'm starting at the top. Jeez. Like what if we had a what if we had a doctor disrespect counter-strike team? Everyone rolled in in sunglasses and mustaches. Yeah, look, I the thing is, as much as I wish I hated it, I I don't. I I don't hate the creativity you've come through with here, Jason. It's 
it might just work. It's so crazy. It's I, so crazy. It's it may so actually crazy. Or, it might you just know, work. Let's, let's take it to the next step. And then the team captains, if it's 15-15, they have a boxing round in the ring because that's <laughs> the fucking way to go these days. For these cunts, everyone's a boxer oh, now. Motherfuckers uh, can't walk straight, but they're going into a boxing ring. It, yeah. Well, we got Pasha in there doing the MMA stuff. You know, he's, he's yeah. part and parcel of it. I, I got yeah. his... Uh, I did the pay-per-view. I watched I it. Well, I did that to I support Pasha. I didn't actually. Yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it. I didn't actually. But I. I but but you bought it. That's all yeah. that really matters. Yeah. This everyone knows it's the monetary value that you attribute to something that matters the most. No. All right, boys. Just hang me out there with a bit of silence. <laughs> that was that was good one. Good one. I, I heard that. I one hope before. my my silence should be taken as agreement. Really. Yep. <sighs> all right, all right. I want to make sure that I get in with a couple of things of praise here, right, this evening, uh, because I'd like to say nice things. I've really enjoyed watching the the Blast uh, production, as usual. I feel like I have to make sure that I define production for people, but hopefully our audience is uh, able to discern exactly what that is because it's got nothing to do with the format. Um, it's it's clean. The details are there. It's nice to watch. It's uh, I like the setup. We spoke about this, I think, when Henry was, was filling in for us just the other day. We spoke about... Uh, the setup they have there, and I tweeted about it again today. The the players facing each other, it just yep. it, it it gives it something, you know. It it's got some personality to it. It's it, it's nice. I just I like the little the, the attention to detail with Blast is there, and it, it makes me it makes me happy. Yeah, they do. I mean, that is cool. I think um, you know the the, the standing desk inside the arena is, is kind of cool. Yeah, a bit more I, interactive I wish... with the event. Yeah, I, w- I wish I would actually even be more interactive than it than it than it is. It would be cool if they could like just reach out and grab some players or give some like. Uh, there's a pretty cool player set up here as well, uh, where the players all chill between their games and everything like that, which would be cool to have some some content there for the broadcast. But yeah, man, they're they're good, and, and I mean, obviously for. Um, you know, I like the the obviously self indulgent. I like the caster cams they record at the big moments and the big clutches are are, are a cool touch. Yeah, and this the simple things that they do. This is, and I think this is a broader conversation point right here. Tell me what you think about this, Yanko. But I think that <clears> the <throat> uh, the fact that they're able to turn around those communication clips translated, or even the ones that aren't, like that within mid rounds or clutches or all of that, pretty much immediately, right? They're they're happening, you know, coming back in from breaks of halftime and stuff. So someone is turning that out very very quickly. That that in itself is a feat and hugely impressive. But that right there. I believe that right there is the key detail for the broader Counter-Strike audience. Maybe, you know, your, your mom, your dad, or you got a friend watching. Once they can see the human element and the level of conversa- like communication that goes into and detail into what they're doing in the server, that right there is the key, man, because it shows people <clears throat> what, what goes into it. It's not just guys running around and shooting people. It's, it, it, this is high-level high level stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Uh... Also, I think as time goes by, I mean, you guys have been around for a long time in different roles as well. Like the players have less and less power, right? Like it's, yes. it's moving more to the orgs and the tournament organizers and whatnot, right? And that was a natural way to go at things. And, and that's a good thing. Obviously, they have the CSPPA to protect their interest still, but they need to realize you guys can't expect to be paid tens of thousands of dollars in salary and have hundreds of thousands in prize pool and like not give any leeway or on anything that you think potentially might give your opponents a competitive advantage, right? Like, you, you know, that's usually why they're not uh, for these team speak bits and whatnot. They feel like it might reveal too much in their opponents. But dude, it's 
you know, a lot of times it's it's just not enough. Like you you get paranoid by it because you're competing and you don't want to give anything to your opponents. But you know, what they can't really get much, even from some of the call outs that you have, is like, oh yeah, they call this round like fanatic. Yeah, but how do they know <laughs> they can't when you're you calling communicate, it. you know, during the game, right? Like obviously, and I'm always protective of this shit. I was when I was coaching, like I had a thing with blast at one of the tournaments where they did that during the game and uh, you know people were in uproar during the game about it and i only saw everything well and i didn't thought it was a massive deal i thought it was a little bit too much i would have liked it if you know i could have had a say in it and maybe told them to cut out a little bit of that and keep most of it doesn't matter but you know gives you a a sense of how people look at it but i think we need to have those bits I think you're spot on, Chad, and it brings a lot of value and people see that it's like, oh, it's not just about... Anytime we can show that the game is more than just about shooting heads, but in a engaging way, right? I think that's a plus. I think that's a bonus. And I think more bits like that are going to get more eyes on it, right? You're going to get more segments that are cool. Then you're going to... Sponsors are going to be like, oh, we want to get behind this, yeah. right? We want, we want this segment to be value called... There. Whatever it is in Blast Epos, right? Or... Or yep. that thing, it's called like that, right? And all of a sudden, you get more money for the TO, right? You get to do more cool shit. It's just uh, I mean, a, a circle in a way. They've they've always Blast has always been since they came in like the the leader in like creativity. And obviously, not all of it's landed, but they're certainly the ones that like push the boundary. Yeah, you uh, remember Jason? We were there for that like meeting that little to meeting. talk about their yeah. HUD and everything and the guys from PGO yeah. were there who were the guys doing the hub for them in the beginning and you could hear all their creative ideas of what they yeah they they definitely were trying to they've always tried to to bend but not break what people are used to right and bend in a good way right give people a taste of so and and not all of it's landed but you're right they have always been a little bit more more creative well, in that sense and I think they've been able to do that too because they're still they're still small, right? Like this, yeah. like the, when you work for a blast event, it still very much feels like a it's like a startup vibe. It's you know it's like a, it's like fifty people running around, all that just really want to create like a cool product, and they haven't been able to, or they haven't yet gotten to the point where they turn a little bit more into like a company and a corporation where there's a, there's all the obviously a little more red tape and everything has to get cleared by certain people and go through different av different avenues. So, um, and that's that's perhaps their biggest advantage as as a TO is is that ability. To be, to be to be creative and especially when it comes to the live broadcast and their production obviously is 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 bar is the best for, for three best of threes a day that's another thing that i think a lot of people at home probably don't appreciate and i don't know how blast are doing it these days but they used to just do one crew right and you, when you're doing three best of threes a day that's what you modern day you're pushing as max because when we did four best of three days uh yeah. back in the back the dream hack kind of stuff i think esl stopped doing it maybe one of the first to stop kind of doing it but um, they were they could push and be really long days, especially with a tech issue here or an overtime there. Um, so the the fact that they're able to that crew are able to push out quality, they must feel appreciated, right? Well, they, well it's I, also I, I want that. Hopefully, they do because they definitely are. Yeah, I think they definitely do. I think also, I mean, it helps too. Uh, you know, they have the same, pretty much the same production crew. Like, there's not a whole lot of changes from from tournament to tournament. So, like, the same crew has been working yeah. together for like the past since COVID. Um, I think you know you can you can change a few people here and there, but like the heart and soul and the important people within the production are all the same people. Audio guys the same, directors the same. You know, re replay people. So they're are all refining the same. their craft. Yep. 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 And it shows. Yeah, it, it does. It does. I, I think um, 
Yeah, there's a, and there's a lot of things, and I think the size of their their company is 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 key. They're obviously doing a bit more these days, right? This is one of the things that I was having a thought about this the other day, and this is for these 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 businesses. And I make sure I use business here because Counter Strike facilitates these companies, right? Like this is they create the business to do this. Without Counter Strike, none of this would have been possible. And you even go back to the early days of ESL, where Counter Strike is one of the the early titles, right? Like you, if, and, and this is where it's a philosophy thing. Obviously Counter-Strike is like the love of my life type thing. It's why we're here. We did all the reminiscing last time on the, the, the 10, 10 year mm. show. But uh, uh, when, when you look at it, like what these, what we're all doing, like we're kind of custodians of Counter-Strike. We're hoping that what we should be hoping to do is pass it on to the next generation of players that are going to come in the future because it, it seems like Counter-Strike isn't going anywhere in a better state than we found it or more advanced or better conditions for players or better tournaments or you know a better game overall and like sometimes you can see that you know some some of them get into the routine that oh okay this is just a bit more of we go to work and we do this and some is oh we're trying to create uh something you know that's going to be for the betterment of this overall game here and i i, I guess at the end of the day you know people got to eat people got to put food on the table and stuff but you you'd hope in something like this which still feels like should be a passion-driven pursuit. You don't want anyone getting to the point now where they're like lethargic about something as awesome as fucking Counter-Strike played by professionals around the world like we do it. Like you want to you want to get up and love what you're doing, right? So uh, I, I, want, I hope that that energy we can I'm waiting for that day, Chad. Yeah, I, but think <laughs> about it. It can start with us, you know? Like it can yeah. start with that. There's obviously a lot of other people who feel that, you know, and, and maybe if, if we're out there, I don't don't mean we have to be positive about everything. There's certain things that we definitely need to be skeptical of and question. But the positivity around what we get to do and how we do it, and maybe how we can do things better. Like I think working together is going to be the solution. You know, here we go. Yeah, which we won't world, get to do. A, which we won't get to do for another five six week stretch. That's going to be unfortunate. That that is going to be more than unfortunate. Something that we were hoping could completely <laughs> change for the future. Well, we've been sober now, haven't we? Um, yeah, we really that I was have. just riding, man. I was just on this high, you know. I was just like, let's. That's yeah, why let's, I'm here, Chad. I'm here to together, bring guys. us back to reality. The world is a terrible place. Horrible <sighs> shit happens all the time. It's part of life. You need to deal with it. Keep going, you know. Well, I, keep trucking, baby. Yeah, keep I, I I bought a new mouse, guys. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, life yeah, life yeah, is great yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So everything every all depression can be solved by buying stuff yeah no well no that's I've been my that's been my now. way to battle it for a couple of years now that's why yanko went on a holiday mate uh the Beautiful. solution to to everybody's problem well we're, we're almost hitting the the one and a half hour mark which is is tense to what we want to do here so i'm not i'm not saying we're closing it down right this very second but is there anywhere that that you lads want to take this because as i said we got pro league starting very soon and there's a couple of names that we haven't seen play yet but one of the things which I always find odd is when fans ask for like speculation on some of these teams before we like get to see them play. It's really hard to give yeah. that type of analysis on on something. Like I, I like to wait and see a little bit. I don't like to overreact like everybody is about the whole G two situation. You don't like you don't like the hot takes, Chad. You know the hot take type of a guy. No, and that and I guess you that's prefer the a more measured right? response. Everybody's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. This, this, this. Every day, gotta get content out quick. Shit. Gotta yeah. get content out quick. For me, it's like, well, I kind of want to see what happens, and especially with the context we set about this event we're watching on our screens right now. I hope at the start of this this chat, right? So, 
I don't know. I don't want to give my opinion on... I, I've seen Fnatic play a little bit. I think Fasha could be a good addition. It all comes down to how Messi's going to do as an in-game leader for me because the part, the pieces of the puzzle are there. There you go, right? I've I given you that. But that anybody can give you that, right? Ents. They brought in St. Pius. You'd say it's an upgrade over Hades and then they've had to fill the hole that Sphinx has left so they brought uh, in Tyler. I'm not super convinced by that upgrade. We'll see. That, that's a big Pius question one? mark for me, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's yeah. an interesting one. I don't think there's any way to really like be able to nail down if they're going to be better or worse. You know, uh, for me, my first my instinct is it's going to be one of those changes where it would be both both sides would be better off if it didn't happen. Like if Ansys was one, thinking about changing Hades, they should have went all in on Dexter. And yeah. end of story, right? And potentially that might have been enough to keep Spinks. Probably not in the end because Vitality just has a much bigger war chest. I'll take Zywe, right? Matt. But yeah, that that as well, obviously. But you know, if if, if you had Dexter and Valdi in that team, and it's a it's a different story, you know. But now now it's a bit more meh. OG I got a I got a yeah. OG did OG did look good. That was fun. I was gonna say I got a little hot take question for for Yanko. Yes. How how do you feel about Hooksy living up to his interview so far and saying he doesn't have to shoot anything? I mean, it's you know, at first I was gonna tweet about it, but I'm like, this is fucking low hanging fruit, you know. The, the first <laughs> game, it's and then of course you had saw a hundred tweets, everyone quoting him and what. Yeah, yeah, great job, guys. No one, no, no one thought of that one, but it it has been pretty fucking abysmal. I'm gonna check the stats real quick just to make sure. I I would be surprised if anyone is worse than him at this tournament. And yes, he is the worst player of the tournament, sharing. The last place with Rush, who only played two maps. Standing uh, in for automatic. Who yeah, st has still got it. And listen, still they got, got it. he has an 0.64 rating, and the next player is JT, who has 0.78. So that's a big gap <laughs> between yeah. you know Hooksy and the next worst player. And I don't think there's any way in hell he can keep having that sort of a performance, right? I think anything between 09 and 1 should be manageable if he's doing a good job calling and, and enabling the rest of the team, right? Like, that's kind of fine. But this is way too much. And I agree, you know, you could, you could hear a lot of players were like, I'm not really sure why G2 changed anything. Like, you know, they were a little bit too impatient. Uh, I think Twists had sort of, I don't think he mentioned G2 by name, but that was his feel for, for a lot of the shuffles. Um, I think Simple said something along the lines as well. And, and yeah. that was my, my thing too. Maybe we touched on it in some of the previous episodes but it felt like they just created like uh, a, too much pressure within the team right to perform and they i don't think they were too patient enough right to let like kind of the process happen naturally but again we're coming back to the whole coaching game leader thing and they, they, yeah. they weren't on the same page and that's just you know it, it's one of those things that just a deal breaker and you can't overcome it so we'll have to wait and see I think I, for me, at the end of the day, it just quickly comes down to it's another G2 roster where sure you have Nico, want to see Super Tented, Hunter, whatnot, but you just something feels off, right? It feels, it, it doesn't feel like, for example, your phase where everything makes sense, everything fits, right? And I feel that's been the case for G2 for the last like two years, definitely ever since Nico joined. Like there's always one guy that should be upgraded. There's always like one role that they don't have a player that who's, that's his natural role. Someone has to kind of adapt to it, right? And I think that's hindering them. I, I look at this, right? And I want to make this very clear. 
like the and I'm experienced at what I'm about to say here. I would say I'm one of the most qualified people in the world to talk to about this. Uh, is being a low fragging in game leader. Uh, <laughs> when you're fragging like that, it's unacceptable, right? That's the way it felt for me when I was having absolute stinkers of games. And the obstacles that I was overcoming as an in-game leader coming from Australia who didn't compete in Europe on a consistent basis was I was consistently learning on the job and trying to puzzle solve for the rest of my teammates at the same time, right? So that is like a, a very overwhelming thing. And if you can't come up with a solution and you're like, then you start putting your body on the line more, trying to take these aggressive moves to find an opening because you just, you, you don't fucking know. Right, it's it it's a difficult thing. So with all of that in mind, right, still Hooksy's fragging has been fucking ferocious, right? I don't think he would even argue that by any means. This level of fragging, it seems unbelievable that it's it would hard. remain to this. You get level. so few so few kills. It's yeah, kind of it, but that's what know. I mean, right? It, it feels unbelievable that it will stay at this level. So I am hoping that I can attribute right some of this to the fact that. Now he is having to communicate in English, right? And and it's a whole new style that he's bringing because when things were going well for them and Hunter and Nico were finding the opening kills, the way that they were playing in the, the mid rounds against Big were good. But then the following day when they played against Vitality, right, it felt different. It felt, they, it felt like whatever they had, right, that they were trying to do from the day before wasn't working in the same way and they didn't have a different, a different gear to go to. And like I think the Hooksy against Big kept them in a position right where they weren't in like trouble with the time. It's great that Hunter was popping off, honestly doing the same and everything. But they were still doing some late round finishes, which you know worked out really well with it with the calls they were having. But then when they tried it against Vitality the next day, it it just wasn't clicking. Right, it wasn't enough because let's say Nico would get the entry towards a ramp, but maybe Hunter would die lurking mid or something, and then they'd be in a four on four where Nico took ninety damage to a nade and some spam and he wouldn't get another kill, and then JKS wouldn't trade him, right? So in those situations, the calls were the same. It's the fragging output was just wasn't there. And th then I don't, I don't know. It's still su such early days. I, I don't want to yeah. jump on with the like bandwagoning at the moment here. Like It's unacceptable, the amount of fragging. But I already saw some things that I kind of liked, and obviously some things which were left a bit of a bad taste. It's just, it, it's hard to think, you know, how, can, how, how can't they work? Why you know just just fucking work G two God damn it and just also you know they're still they're they're down to the last game to qualify and they have two of the highest rated players for the tournament yeah Nico and Monesi are one crazy. and two right like they're yeah. above simple they're above Zaivu at the moment Nico especially as a rifle right like he's having another fucking banger tournament he's even above Yakindar who had amazing games this tournament for Liquid right so you know like you're really feeling like you're you're getting a lot from your individuals right and it's still kind of not enough. And also, it was hilarious when Nico tweeted out after they, they lost two best of ones and he was like qualified for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That, that, depicted, that depicted the format for me. It was that, was, that was a good banter. What about uh, the, the Spinks edition? It seems like it's real tidy in certain scenarios. I'm like, oh, nice. Spinks and, Spinks and Zywu want to retake together here. You know, it feels good. And Spinks didn't seem like he dropped off a lot in performance. No, I think like there were a couple of rounds when I've casted Vitality at this event where I was just like, I felt like I could like pinpoint kills that like you just wouldn't see the previous lineup get, you know, like like a mid round on Dust 2 where it's turned into like a three on four there on the T side. And I saw like Spinks just kind of leading the way with Dupree behind him and Spinks just like walks out double doors and clears the corner to his left and gets a kill and finds like the equalizing frag into a three and three. And I was like, that feels like a kill that the previous lineup like wouldn't have. 
like just like his ability to just go and like find a kill and have like the courage to just kind of lead the way out quietly like i don't i don't really think that like vitality had that ability to do that just out of nowhere in a mid-round previously they didn't have a player who was it who had played that type of a role that's the thing right yeah. they were the pieces they had they were trying to mush right the the puzzle piece didn't fit it, it, you know you could get it in there and maybe if someone was squinting they wouldn't know that it, it's not right but like that that's the thing like spink's addition to this team it feels like a no-brainer for a player to be playing that role right or, or, or that position for them here and there's some things that are going to take some time they're still probably going to have issues with international communication because that's like phase are the only ones who have ever mastered it right and i guess carrigan did with mouse for a short period of time um but yeah i think that's still going to probably linger for a little while but if Spinks is solid like he has been and Zywoo is fucking Zywoo, like it's it's already strong. It's kind of like how we, you know, talk about, I don't want to compare necessarily like a, a one to, maybe with old Na'Vi. Remember when we talk about old Na'Vi? It's like, well, Simple's going to get his and if Electronics fucking him up as well, you know, they're, they're always in. They're all, You know, you're never going to put Na'Vi away easily, right? It didn't matter who the, the other three were. And, I, and that seems like I'm being, you know, a bit disrespectful to Dupree, Magisk and, and Apex. They can all have their moments as well still, right? So, it could be scary. We could be moving into a period of time because which of the rosters, like I said, we still need to see how Cloud9 come out of uh, out of the break. We still need to see where Ents are, but we know Liquid are looking pretty strong now, right? The field towards the top top 10 is, I don't know. It it didn't feel weak before. It didn't feel like uh, there was too many, too many threats, right? It still kind of feels like Na'Vi phase, but right now there's a few more names that could start getting thrown in to be competitive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have Astralis and Mouse in the top five. Those are not top five teams. Movistar is not a sixth team. You know, at least I don't look at them like that. The the team that positively surprised me that I can't put them now right under Phase and uh, Navi is Liquid. They've been looking yes. good. Yeah. You know, the yep. firepower, the cohesion. OC has been fucking light, lighting it up. He's he's been pretty consistent as well, right? Like after that, for me, it's Liquid. From these early, you know, first signs, them vitality, Cloud Nine. I, I want to believe in them still. Cologne was so disappointing, like going yeah. out, losing to Astralis in a best of three, and then Fury as well. I can't remember who else, but you know, they had a relatively quote unquote clean, easy way to at least make the stage. They didn't do that after winning Dallas, right? That was pretty disappointing. So I don't know where to put them. G two, you would think, but. Uh, we have to wait and see. And then, you know, a lot of it is just still up in the air. OG look good this first tournament, heroic, still kind of, you know, all over the place. So I think after Pro League, because you have five games, five best of threes that you're going to play in the group, we'll get a bigger sample size and and get a better feel for these teams. How much how much more runway do you give Cloud9? Like, I guess it would I guess it would just naturally be Rio. But like, how, how much longer do you give them before it's like, all right, guys, like, yeah, it's this, this isn't Rio. working. It's it's time to change. Probably Rio is like yeah. the final. That yeah. would seem fair as well, right? Because they've been together for a long time. They've built this base, right? And if still they go in and they're approaching the games in the same way, right? If we don't see a change in maybe... like Because I feel like we started to get a little bit more aggression out of Axile, for example, right? This is the thing. It's that cutthroat nature for a couple of them on land that need to grow into, like Shiro and Axile. That's one of the things that I've been keeping on the radar of how are they building in that department. There's one thing to play in the more sterile environment, in the slow defaults online where you can hear literally every footstep. There's a difference in, in the big matches, right? So that needs to be a progression and that's obviously going to take time. Uh, and and I guess it's just fundamentally how Nafany wants to approach the game, or maybe maybe Groove 
in this break can come out with you know some tweaks to that that gameplay of what they've been been up right. to um and that that right there will be the question mark because you know people immediately be like oh yeah just replace inters with next up and coming you know great player from the region but inters is one of the role players who we always look to as he's doing his job so i don't Man, know it's, it's hard it's really hard to pinpoint what the issue is because i know even coming into the break Shiro and Exile were top five players this year on land. It's like, so you can't really say, okay, the, the, the system, but the players maybe aren't really performing. So if you look at land 2022, the ranking top 20 filter on HLTV, Simple's number one. Uh, then it's Nico Zaibu playing. Well, now this, now this changed. Now I don't have any of the Cloud9 players in there. But, no, it, but said, I mean, it said I, Shiro was... and Exile are two and three. So individually, the, you know, the stars are putting the numbers, but maybe the case is in the deciding game, someone always disappears or whatnot. Someone has an abysmal game and then they just end up losing by a small margin. It's like... Yeah, well, that was the disappointment at Cologne because Shiro and Exile were like actually the two highest rated players or they were both in the top top five to for sure at Cologne. I remember when they got eliminated from the event and everyone was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how does how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah, they, they're one. They're like, I guess at the moment in the same boat as a Heroic, even though they did change at Refresh, I don't know how noticeable that is it's going to nothing. be. It's done nothing. Because it's not going to change the identity necessarily of the team. Just more another player to try and get a bit more firepower out of, really. They're yeah, playing right yeah. now. Kadian's off his Her nut. Heroics, heroics, a weird one. Is Kadian playing well? I was just kind of, uh, I was just kind of talking with the boys in the desk before coming in here. I was like, when's the last time we've really seen Kadian pop off? You know, like it's been a minute. I feel. Uh, he's got twenty-two kills, top fragging for his team. He's been getting right. involved in the clutches, a bit of a yelling match back and forth. Uh, you, you know the celebration. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this is this is the this is another thing like NIP. I don't know. I thought Brolin would come in and we might start seeing a little bit more excitement in the in the team. Not really. Like they because remember before it was LNZ or ZTR or there was always a different name there. And you're like, okay, well, you're not. We're not expecting a lot. But now there should be some level of expectation with NIP. And again, I don't want to judge them here in this format. You know, we want to see a little bit more, but. I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's enough threats necessarily. And it's hard for an in-game leader like Hampus who does the moves he does to continue to replicate those. That's not an easy thing to do consistently. You don't get away with those every day of the week. Yeah, and I feel just the problem in general is for a lot of these teams, you know, you're making changes to be number one, right? Obviously. But look at Navi and FaZe. Navi has fucking simple, <laughs> the best player in the world, and probably the, the best second star in the world in, in electronic. And they've been playing together for five fucking years. They have one of the best coaches in the world in Glaive. And it took them time as well to find all the rest of the fucking pieces. Right? Like, it was step by step. They were struggling for a long time, win a tournament here and there. But then first, it's like, you know, Perfecto comes in. And then once they did the bit thing, that's when they really exploded. But it was a process. It was a long time. They were playing like shit on T-side. We were calling them out on casts. And on desk yeah. saying it's you know obsolete, it's too slow. Then they made that change as well. And, and these teams are, you know, Vitality and G2 are probably the, the two that you look at the most because they were like two and three last year. And you know, then they make changes to, to, to try to make that next step, but it's like it's not that simple. You need to give it time. You 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 need to understand what it takes to get to that place. And phase on the other side of things, and again, Navi is uh they speak their mother tongue as well. Phase is an international team speaking in English, 
right? I mean, I've been on that team in a different roster. Like it, it was always rosters where either something was missing. The year before this one was FaZe's worst year in the history of the org. Like they made two playoffs the whole year, <laughs> you know, like that's an abysmal year to have. But then that one change that everyone knew made a lot of sense just really made everything click, right? And even though that year was a failure, they would they would still learn things from it. I'm sure Carrigan learned a lot about some of the other players on the team, how to use them best, what's the style that fits them. And obviously he knew Rob's from his time in mouse sports and then was able to make it all come together. And now they've had a historic year winning Katowice, Cologne and the major, which is something no one has done before. So these other teams have to understand that. Like it's a process. You need to put the realistic goals in. Like, you think it's too short, the stretch goals yeah, it's like, at the moment? You know, now we make another change and then it's another six months and we're, we're dissatisfied. So let's make another change. But every change you make, initially you take a step back because you need to get the player in. He needs to get used to the system, right? Even if it's for a couple of months, you can't expect like just plug and play. It's very rarely we see it like in the face situation that it bears fruit immediately. But I think it's, it's a bad example because Pace had a unique situation where there was a lot of familiarity with the in-game leader most importantly and the way he likes to 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 call the game right and, and, and the play that, style yeah. right and you get into your natural position so you're just like well this ain't too hard like this hasn't changed a lot for for either of the two sides so i think that's the problem there needs to be more realistic goals in the long term and what you achieve by that is also you alleviate some of the pressure in the short term and that allows you as a team to create a better atmosphere, right? Like for your players to get along better, for them to, to be having a little bit more fun while the pressure is not there, while you're figuring stuff out, while the results are not going to be in because you're still adjusting to playing with each other. And then after a while, you get better. And now it's realistic to try to play for some results and expect results. And that's usually when you're able to achieve them, right? But I feel like some of these teams, they're going about it the wrong way. They're going about it backwards. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be mm. interesting to see how these all divide. I don't know. I think, like, certain teams, like, it, it's hard for them to even get... Like, there's, I think there's probably maybe, maybe, and I'd have to see her in count, but maybe 10 teams in the entire world that if they wanted to, you know, they could make the trades happen that they were looking for. And maybe that's even being generous. As I Like, there's, there's certain options, you know. Like, right now, we obviously know that we don't have all the best players for Astralis possibly in their roster, right? We, we've seen many times how that's kind of slip to the wayside and you think with an org like Astralis they'd be able to make those moves that they're, they're looking to do but for one reason or another right and sometimes it's just like we we're talking about earlier it's the money rationale it just it just can't happen I, I I think um when I look at G2 right it's using their example at the moment it's like I the if well, actually I don't want I fuck I don't want to get into it boys I have a pie that's going to arrive in 11 minutes so we have five Ooh. minutes left does anybody have any parting thoughts before we uh, we we turn it off for this evening's little little chit chat, the return of Yanko will be calling this one. I did I did have one, and then it slipped my mind when you mentioned when you mentioned pie. We well, have probably haven't eaten in a while, mate. Yeah, I probably Ham and cheese toasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the finest in all the land. Uh, how about well, how about this? Just right right out of the gate for a final thought. Going into Rio, uh, who's the best Brazilian team? Guess we still have to say Furia, right? Like we haven't, I, we haven't, we have to wait. To not, not, not by play. results. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm curious if this Furia team is actually going to drop off a little bit. I haven't been super impressed with Furia. But uh, who else could we possibly recently. say, right? Like Zero Zero Nation, Double O Nation. Know. I think like Nine Z could be really interesting. 
Like they were fun last time around. Um, and then yep. they have uh, they replaced Lucan with uh, NQZ, and that he apparently he's got a lot of hype around him. That team could be interesting. I don't know. I look. I the Brazilian scene. I haven't been keeping too many tabs on. Right, things haven't been going great for MIBR. They've got Henny in the mix over there now. Imperial with Cello. We need to see him play. Furia. It's like Furia in the same boat uh, as Cloud Nine for me. They need to like kind yeah. of reinvent the wheel. If Rio doesn't go well, then they need to change change something. Or hopefully they're coming out of the break with something fresh. One of the two. Probably a lot of in-game leaders' names on the block, Yanko. I think I've heard. Is it was it you who was saying? Um, Oh, which guy? I forget. Who was someone was saying that that Nafani needed to go. Maui, Maui was saying. Was that. it Maui? Okay, I'm sorry that I Ma- just Maui's Yanko with Maui here. No, I was talking oh. about uh, art for Fury. Ah, okay, it was one of the two. Yeah. Do you still think that needs to be the case? Like, because yeah. the only change that makes any sense would be Fallen, right? I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily put Fallen in. I would give a chance. Maybe someone on the team feels like they could take up the mantle. You know, before I was saying maybe you get in Taco, right? Like before this whole zero zero nation thing happened. I, I, I'm not sure what their options are, but I, I think just they need a different philosophy for the team. It can't be the same old, same old because we've seen it. it there's been it's been a while, and you had Yuri and Serato for the whole time, two really good players. Serato, especially in 2021, he's been playing on an insane level, and it feels like you're wasting these players a little bit. Like you're wasting their careers with this weird style where you know when you're on when you're feeling it especially art individually when he's finding those openings it's like great it's working but when it's not we're screwed you know and and we don't we don't have as much to fall back on and to be honest there's not really a lot of things you can invent to win four v fives (laughs) it's just hard playing with a man down i mean it's it's the way the, the game works so i think that they need a more conventional approach so to speak a bit more trust in their players and yeah, I, I feel like until they do that, Fury is not going to go anywhere. They're going to be the same team. Every now and then they'll beat a really good team. They'll make the playoffs. They'll never win any tier one tournament. And it's, we're just going to repeat ourselves until the end of time. And that is life in Counter-Strike. Repeating ourselves until the end of time. It's a flat circle. And speaking of circles, we've circled to the end, which is also the beginning for the next episode that... I guess we'll do sometime next week after you're home, Jason. And Yanko settled in, and uh, I settled oh, into my re- other home. I just yep. remembered my real question. That's a bummer. What's the real question? You know, I don't think you're gonna like this one. But okay. this 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 goes off the uh, the the thing we talked about briefly in WhatsApp yesterday. It, with with how competitive it feels like teams can be from like spots one to ten. Yeah. <laughs> I think Yanko's gonna hate this one too. What, to what if what if we get a yeah? What if we get? Is there a world in which it would make sense at this point to just remove the buckle system from Swiss for the majors and get back to the random element? Oh, because um, you know we kind of went away with that when teams qualified through the Swiss. The amount of playing, upsets like, that happen yeah. <laughs> with the amount because the amount of upsets happen is what skews the bracket, right? Or what skews yeah. the next round of because this team wins in a best of one or the team we expected to win in it, you know, and that, but that's kind of when teams are getting exposed at the, at the major or maybe a team's on, on a heater or whatever. That's, that's where that whole conversation starts. In terms of bringing the random element back, I think the thing is we've avoided catastrophes like in the last two so majors. So why try and fix it? Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I always feel that maybe there's a better way. I know your addition here is to add, a, add that entire random element of holy moly, red beans and ravioli, what the fuck is going to come out on the other side of this? 
which in yeah. itself is a is an exciting thing. I just worry about worst case scenarios where we have like three or four teams who are upset teams that have made it to a certain point, and then we get all the good teams matched up against each other, and somehow I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'm just yeah, I know. Thinking worst case, the world's ending. Katie and fucking yelling again. Surely you can hear him, Jason. It's fucking all going off right now. Yeah, it's popping off, baby. I'll have a simple solution for you, Jason. Fuck the Swiss system. Fuck off. Uh, Swiss my man. Can fuck off. What so, do you go back to? I'll, Brackets? I'm going to start a religion. I'm going to start a religion with Yanko. It's like a GSL best of three. Four teams group again. Stages. Four teams in the group. Well seed seeded. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. For example, I... let's, let's just try it. A tournament or two. But what about if it went like... Maybe Swiss... at the next blast. What if it went like for, like <laughs> challenger stage Swiss, right? And then the next stage, uh, legend stage, I guess we're calling it. Uh, uh, that can be like more bracket form, like what you're saying. And then... You know, obviously we keep it as we do have it for the for the top eight team playoff. Like, what if we had it segmented differently like that? So we, because I don't like Swiss into Swiss. That's too much fucking cheese for me, right? Like, yeah. I think it's it's yeah. it's too much back to back. But that uh, one of it is it's meant to be like sifting, right? And when there's more unknown, I want a greater sifting process because this guy could fluke against this guy, but get fucking slammed by this guy, right? You know, we could have that whole scissors paper rock type phenomenon happening. So. I don't know. I, I I like the broader sifting when we know less about how the teams mash up, and when we start getting to a point when it's more known entities, then I want it to be as fair and competitive as possible for the best, you know, down down the list. Um, so it yeah. makes sense. The only problem is you're going to have people be like, well, it's not fair, you know, to change the format mid tournament between different phases because people who are up say, oh, if it were this other format, we would have made it, and vice versa. You know, you would always have. Someone complaining about this is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. Well, I'm gonna go with my fucking pie. What'd you get? What kind of toppings? Beef and ale. I think Ooh. we think of pies differently from <laughs> the part of the world that I'm in and the part of the world that you're in. I think the pie you're is dessert, and the pie that I'm talking about is encrusted goodness in puff pastry. Okay, I was thinking pizza pie, to be honest with you, and you said you had a pie on the way. Okay, see this is this is lost in translation across the is it the Atlantic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the seas, all the oceans, all the all the world. Anyway, we're speaking to each other from all across the globe right now and into your ears at home. Goodbye, everybody.